Hey everybody, it's Sarah Ivory here, the host of Vox Tablet. Today, cross-cultural theater from Shanghai. Wandering around modern-day Shanghai, it's easy to stumble upon the city's history in the shadow of all the skyscrapers. In northern Hankou district, for instance, off the beaten path, there's a former synagogue. Over a half century ago, Jewish refugees from Europe made this neighborhood their home, since China was one of the few places that didn't turn them away. Then, in 1949, after the war, China became a communist state, and most of those Jews left. Though you can still find some elderly residents in Shanghai who remember this chapter of their history, most Chinese have by and large forgotten about it. These days, the quiet synagogue is part of a sparsely furnished Jewish refugees museum. This past spring, though, the prayer hall found itself filled not with people getting together to make a minion, but with theater goers. Rebecca Kanther reports. For a few weeks this past March and April, the former Ohel Moishe Synagogue underwent a drastic transformation. From a quiet historic landmark, it was turned into a Jewish-run cafe, much like the one you'd have found in the Shanghai ghetto of the 1940s. In the small cramped room that was the men's section of the prayer hall, audiences crowded in for an evening of musical theater, featuring klezmer, Chinese, and jazz songs performed by an international cast on what used to be the synagogue's bima. Called North Bank Sujo Creek, the play is a Casablanca-type love story. But it's also more than that, as one of the directors, Michael Liebenluft, explains. For me, the play is about a period in Shanghai's history where one of the most extreme periods where there were these different, um, very politicized, um, rigid groups coexisting in one city. You have the Japanese who are, have, in, have invaded China and are in political control. You have the Jewish refugees who have escaped from the Holocaust. And of course, you have the local Shanghainese. And I think one of the most fascinating points of the play is how it provides us with a space where all of these groups can intermingle. Okay, so let's go from the end here, from your line. Liebenluft teaches experimental theater at the renowned Shanghai Theater Academy. This play turned out to be quite an experiment itself, and not just for him. Put together a Chinese playwright, two American directors, and a casting crew from China, France, Britain, and the U.S., and you've got your work cut out for you. Not surprisingly, there were as many culture clashes behind the scenes as there were on stage. For one thing, how do you put on a play when the actors don't even speak the same language? So when it's down, I say it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when I, when I arrived in China, well, I didn't speak at all the language, but I very, very much wanted to, to work with Chinese people. French actress Emily Ohana plays the lead role of Shana, a young Jewish refugee from Poland who is a singer in her father's cafe. She falls in love with a Chinese man, all the while resisting the advances of a Japanese officer who frequents the cafe. Ohana sings and plays the violin while performing in English and Chinese. <laughs> Most of the small cast of six actors had to rely on translators and Liebenluft's bilingual direction. Wang Jiajian plays Song Yao the handsome young Chinese resistance fighter who goes undercover as a peddler and becomes Shana's love interest. 
Wang is a Chinese grad student at the Theater Academy, and his English, well, let's just say it's gotten a lot better over the past few months. It's very challenging. We do have some difficulties in communication. If I'm working with the Chinese director, I can ask him questions whenever there is a problem. This time is different. I have to keep the questions to myself and wait to ask the directors. And sometimes I forget my questions. Along with the linguistic challenges, there were cultural ones as well. The Chinese playwright wrote the story in the style of traditional Chinese operas, which routinely feature love stories that evolve in an instant with little explanation. But the directors and some of the actors worried it was unbelievable. Could two people from such different backgrounds fall in love so fast? There was the issue of the music, too. Would Chinese audiences unfamiliar with musical theater accept characters breaking out into song? The subject matter raised even more questions. The play is about Jews living in Shanghai, but it was written from a Chinese perspective, and most of the people involved in the production knew almost nothing about Jews. So the Jewish casting crew took it upon themselves to introduce their culture. They brought in Hamantaschen for Purim, organized a private tour of the refugee museum, and hosted Shabbat dinners before rehearsal. They would ask for it. You know, on Thursday they would say, are we doing Shabbat tomorrow? And they were able to ask many questions, and they had a lot of questions because it's it's difficult to understand. Um, I mean, you know, so many Jews, so many Judaisms. It's something, it's a concept they don't, they don't really get. Despite the challenges, the play was well-received, selling out during its entire three-week run and attended by several high-profile guests, including five consul generals, and one of China's leading composers. One could chalk up the interest, in part, I suppose, to the novelty of seeing a play about Shanghai's Jews performed by an international cast in a synagogue in China. After all, although it is fiction, many in the audience who have heard about Jews but might not have met one saw the show as a kind of Judaism 101 and local history lesson, all rolled into one. The real question, though, is how the production would be received in a place where the roles are reversed and the recent immigrants are Chinese, not Jewish. The crew will find out soon. Last month, playwright William Sun taught the play at a workshop at the New York Film Academy. The directors hope there will be an off-off-Broadway production sometime in the near future. For now, though, the old synagogue is quiet once again. Apart from the regular tours, they tell visitors about that brief period in Shanghai's past, when Jews and Chinese lived side by side. For Vox Tablet, I'm Rebecca Canther. Rebecca Canther is an independent producer based in Shanghai. Now, we've got a little bit of unrelated business. We've been getting some really terrific suggestions from listeners about people and subjects that they want to hear about on the podcast, and we want still more ideas. So here's what you do. Send us an email at podcast at tabletmag.com and tell us what you want us to do a story about. Again, the email is podcast at tabletmag.com. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sari Ivry. We thank you so much for listening. Please join us again.